Welcome to Qualitatively Speaking. I'm Ashley Krejci Shaw, founder and CEO of Intermediate Planning. Today, I have a special guest, Talia Rivers, who is a real estate agent and media producer in Charleston, South Carolina. Talia, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I appreciate you signing on to be my my second first guest because as you know, this is a, a reprisal of Qualitatively Speaking, which uh, was you know recorded and and started about maybe three years ago. So it's it's been a while since um, since the podcast has uh, has happened. But here we are again, and I thank you for being my first guest. Well, thank you for having me. I remember you telling me about it, and I was nervous. I, I gotta admit, because <laughs> I'm not used to being the one to being interviewed. But, I know. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. But here we you. are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, um, you know, wanting me to be a part and, you know, continue our conversations and this time record it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for helping me relaunch. I appreciate it. And the reason why I thought of you uh, to be my first, uh, my second first guest, I guess, um, is because you and I have such wonderful conversations all the time. And I always say, if this, if only this were recorded, right? If we could, if we could share this um, dialogue that we're having, I think one, I think it would help many other people because we tend to speak from the, the standpoint of being mothers and then also being um, young-ish per, Black professionals in Charleston. And um, and yes, we just have really, really wonderful conversations. And so I really hope to capture that uh, for those who are listening to this. Um, so the theme I thought that was, you know, would resonate given this time of year is time. Um, I wonder, you have a, you have a magnificent son, who, uh, Waylon, who is uh, really kind of like just this little Renaissance man. Uh, he's like learning Swahili and plays piano and is cute as, cute as a button. And I wonder, like, you know, being a mom, how has motherhood not challenged, but changed your um, understanding of, of time and the value of time? Wow. Um I'll say for me, I'll just, I'll just say this as you're, as you're thinking about that question. I know that mm-hmm. uh, for me, like, so for instance, my daughter, Boston is going to be turning seven at the end of this month. And I don't know why, but seven is, it's not a milestone birthday necessarily um, for a child. You think 10 or maybe five or something or what have you, but seven is kind of, is growing me a little bit. And I just, and now I'm starting to feel a little um, anxiety about the fact that she's growing up and it seems like so fast. I'm like, seven, how do we get to seven? Seven is like totally, you know, how some numbers just feel like a lot uh, more significant than than others. So six, yeah, no big deal. Seven, seven, what? Like, I said, so I don't know. I know. So, you know, this is the kind of experience I guess I'm going for. It's like how... How has how has time in motherhood? What is you know how does that work in your heart and your brain, and how has it changed the way you you see things or experience um, experience life? Yeah, um, on Facebook I post so many pictures and and stuff, and I'll look back at like a picture I I posted like four years ago when he was two, and remember him barely talking and just doing certain things. And then it hit me when he'll say something that's 
shows growth, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it makes me think about time. And because, you know, growing up, I, I, I guess you don't think of yourself, you remember certain parts as a kid. Like, I remember vividly some things that at his age mm-hmm. that I've seen, you know, some good things and not bad things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of those things like I, I think about and it makes me more conscious Right. If that made sense of things that he may see now right. that can affect him when he becomes my age. You know, you don't want to shield. I mean, you do have to kind of shield, you know, kids. But I like I'm trying not to be so overprotective of right. him learning things. But at the same time, there are some things that I could think about in my um childhood that I've seen or heard that affects me to this day. Right. Yes, I you agree. Know? So, <laughs> so I guess when I when I think about time is is one of those things that I, I know it 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 flows. It goes it goes by fast. And I guess I'm just I, I try not to think too too much about it. Right. But I'm just trying to be more aware of what I show and say and do and teach yeah. because I know like 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 with him playing the piano and just learning certain things I I'm trying to think ahead of time mm-hmm. to give him the skills that once two three years four five years from now that could be beneficial right yeah that, if that makes sense so I guess that's how I'm looking at time now because you know I when I working for the news station and seeing all these Things that could happen. I don't like to think morbidly, right? But it's like you don't know. We don't. We really don't know. You know, our time, how much time we have you know, on Earth. So it's like I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can with I don't know with the time I have now and try not to think too too um, much about it. But it's like I'm trying to give as much as I can right now. Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. No, no, no. No, I know exactly what you mean. I think um, what what I hear you saying and what at least it's reminded me of is um, this idea of like timeliness, because I feel like I'm always battling that um, as a mom too with, um, especially with my my daughter, Boston. You know, it's like, is this the right time to like, you know, sort of talk about X, Y, Z? Is this the right time for mm-hmm. us to start taking on, you know, these kinds of, um, activities, or is this the right time for her to start doing this? And then, um, and then I look back and I think, and then sometimes I feel some anxiety and think, well, it was really time to do that like two years ago. And so I'm, I'm kind of like you, like, I'm always trying to calibrate to the right timing of things as a, you know, as mm-hmm. a mom. And, and then also too, this, this year was a milestone year for me because I turned 40 and, it didn't feel, um, you know, it didn't feel super significant, although I know it is, but I will say mm-hmm. to you, even for kind of going back to what you were saying about this idea of not wanting to be morbid or think about time as like this, you know, this thing that kind of leads to a passing or a, or a, um, a life-changing event. Um, I just, I really, what sort of hit me this year was just 
how fast it goes. And if you're, if you have the blessing of getting older, which is a total absolute blessing, um, you know, this is just sort of how, how it happens. Like you just, you, you know, if you're blessed with, um, you know, with life and, and year after year, it's like, oh, this is how people just sort of become old, you know? And, and I think also too, I've reflected a lot on my mother in particular, her experience with aging, um, because she's entering into her mid seventies and, um, mm-hmm. you know, she said some things about even her face changing and what she has, what she sees in the mirror is not really the, you know, this image that she's had of herself her whole life. And, and I don't know, I just think, um, you know, I, that's been my, my reflection point when it comes to time this year, you know, I just recognize that, you know, life moves pretty quickly and, and the truth is apparently like the earth is, is moving more quickly through space. <laughs> so I don't know if the math around this is like 0. 0.000 <laughs> fraction of a millisecond. I don't know what it is, know. but it actually is. Aging is faster. Yeah, it's like it's literally <laughs> speeding up the world. <laughs> like we're actually moving faster through time and space. So it's not yeah, just our head. I noticed these bags under my eyes. <laughs> it's when they came all of a sudden. It's probably because the earth is moving way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like slow down. Okay. Yeah. So it's not just in our heads. Time is moving more quickly. Um, but but also in addition to that, it's true that like the older you get, the faster it's it it does seem to go. I feel like, especially when I was little, it's like things took so much time. It's like sc- like the school day took so much time. And then I was like, what am, what am, you know, how long is it going to take for me to be like 20 and like be an adult person? Or, um, right. you know, you always, you're always <laughs> just looking ahead, 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 ahead. And then I think with 40, I will say personally that I'm like, wait a second, like, like how many more Christmases do I do I have? Like, <laughs> like what? okay, let's hope I've got this many because like you don't think like that when you're in when you're you know coming of age. You just you know I think you're in the mindset of like yes anything could happen and you pray for safety and all that good stuff, but you really don't recognize or really feel the reality that things are moving and they may see like it's like it moves so slowly in the beginning, but oh. We're about, you know, in terms of life, we're like at 3 p.m., right? It's like, hmm, interesting. Interesting to see how how fast this is all going. Uh, let me ask you about uh, 2024. So, yeah, so there were definitely some, some serious uh, life-changing events that happened to you this year, um, earlier, mm-hmm. earlier this year, um, and you've had, you know, all of the, the rest of it to sort of, again, calibrate to new realities in your life. Uh, on a personal level, though, how do you ho- hope to maybe grab time by the reins? Like, do you see yourself um, doing more of, of an activity or less of something? And do you feel like time might be on your side or or absolutely opposite of that? <laughs> how do you feel about time going into 2024? Um, you know what? When I'm thinking about 2024 and, and, and thinking about time, I guess in 2024, my goal is to start thinking more and start doing more things that I enjoy, you know, with my family, like traveling more, just spending more time with loved ones. Mm -hmm. And also just working on my passions to, I guess, leave a mark, so to say, Um, 
I've always been one to kind of, um, I don't know, I guess, I, don't, I guess you could say make an impact or, or, or give information or just help kind of create something. Right. And, um, I want to get back to that. Mm-hmm. I, um, and that's something that I, I really want to work on. I want to start collaborating more with people. And I said 2024 was going to be my year of collaboration, whether it be just telling stories that uh, have an impact years from now till I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just want to just make that impact just for the better, I guess, if. if I don't know how you even explain it, but just have some some sort of impact and tell stories and um, history and collaborate more with people who are, who are wanting to make a difference. Because I want Waylon to have something to look back on. I want, you know, my grandkids and his grandkids just to, to know that um, here's what my mom and grandma did. Mm-hmm. So um, let me ask you this. Uh, I remember you telling me once that your mother was really um, instrumental in you uh, pursuing your real estate license. And the reasons mm-hmm. for that were actually pretty moving, which was that, you know, in, I think in essence, and correct me if I'm wrong, she really wanted you to be prepared to make sure that you all... Um, you know, protected and and sort of saved family land and and all of that. Let me ask you this though: like, is there, and when it comes to the, you know this really um, these two valuable skill sets um, that you have in in real estate as a real estate agent and then also someone who works in media and wants to tell stories, um, is there overlap? I mean, especially considering yeah. that the sort of the that the personal prompting of like of of how you even perhaps uh, thought to to go for your real estate license. I mean, the fact that it was attached to land mm-hmm. and, and sort of saving land and, you know, keeping things in your family. Um, when it comes to even storytelling, is there any overlap there that you see in terms of projects or does that yep. sort of lend itself to a unique way of thinking about, you know, your professional life and your personal life? Yes. So it's, it's funny that you even, you said that. So that is actually um, a projects that I am I am working on. Ooh, tell me more. To kind of <laughs> tell, tell what <laughs> well, I was going to tell you anyway. Okay. <laughs> tell tell us more. <laughs> Look, um I was still so it's so funny that you've asked that because I I've already had you on my list of to talk about. <laughs> um before the recording. But yeah, so that is actually um, something that I have. Well, real estate, it, it was one of those things that for a long time, I've had my license since. Oh, man. I started working at the, my first TV station in 04. And during that time, I was trying to figure out how I was going to take real estate classes. And I ended up getting my license, I think, like in 07 or 08. So I've had my license for a long time and my the purpose of getting my license was to learn more about real estate. It wasn't to um, become like a realtor where I, I go out and show property and help people buy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it has always been in the back of my mind while I was in NTV and I was I I don't know why back then it, it, it never clicked. Mm-hmm. How I can use it, intertwine them, mm-hmm. you know, because I've always um 
I never knew how to, I guess, say, like if I were to introduce myself as a realtor, I, you know, I was on that realtor side or I was on the media side, but I never knew how I could um, do both. And it just clicked that I, I can intertwine, you know, these these two things and tell more real estate stories by doing my um by using my background in in television but i guess i was i was lost at to how like what kind of stories to tell quick question do you think that uh you know sort of the, this gentrification and land development in charleston do you think that that maybe has uh inspired you to to consider blending the two in some way or to consider the stories that exist when land is lost or, you know, or sold um, or repurposed. Yep. That's actually the part of the stories I, I, I want to tell. And I, I do think, and because I, I want to learn more about what to do if, if something comes from, you know, like my family land and I'm still learning. Uh, my mom, you know, you know, thank God she's still she's still alive. So we don't we not have to having to worry about that, you know, right now. But I do know with so much land how people are and how, you know, people have not such, you know, good intentions. Right. And there are so many people out there who who has uh, stories of things happening to them and their family lands and not being educated. Mm-hmm. So my whole purpose is for educational purposes, just so people can know what to do if these instances occur, you know, in their in their family. Well, I'll say that uh, when it comes to uh, actually. What's come to me right now is, as I'm hearing you talk is um, there was a moment, I'll just share this, this story and then we'll segue. But um, I wrote like maybe this had to have been like maybe maybe close to 20 years ago, perhaps. I, I was in Monk's Corner, which, you know, this is where my family's had land for well over 100 years. And uh, I was visiting Michael Jimmy, who um, has passed away. God bless him. And I went to his home and I, as I usually did, and I just sat down and I started talking with him. And I don't know what what really inspired me to ask the question, but I just started asking about the the land that that we were on. And he proceeded to tell me and really paint a very beautiful picture of like this, you know, this this other this other time where my um, where my great grandmother was alive, and he pointed out or described to me on this piece of land where my, um, another aunt who just passed away, God bless her, my aunt Dorothy, where she's been living on. But anyways, he described this beautiful landscape where there was like this old house. Mm -hmm. He described, um, you know, this moment where she had just had her last child, who's my uncle junior, who's also passed away and how a storm came in. And he's like painting this, this really interesting picture. He's, he's on an ox working the land. And in this moment of probably less than five minutes, um, he gave me, and even now, like when I go up to this particular part of um, our family's um, property, I see this this whole image, like this whole picture, and I'm so grateful for it because it. I I mean, there's no pictures that we have that um, that show us mm-hmm. the house that he that he described. Um, there's no you know images I have of him on this ox, sort of working the land or what the land you know you know looks like. But the way he described it, like I know exactly where everything is placed based on what he said. And I, 
And to me, that was like probably the most, one of the most precious memories I have um, just in, in, as a part of my family, just to know that that was, you know, a, a scene in time, right? That is no longer there. And I, um, yeah, it was very powerful. I'm really glad that I, I asked him because I never would have known, yeah. never. And, um, and yeah. And that is so wonderful. And see, and that's the, the type of story, the stories that you you just told are the stories that I feel like, you know, it's, it's the historical perspective perspective, you know, of an elder telling, um, you know, how how things have evolved and, you know, the impact and the communities. And wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have been great to have that on video? No, no doubt. Because we know the image. No doubt. And that, that lasts forever. But yeah, I just, I'm really grateful for that moment. I know that's, but I wanted to share, I wanted to share that because um, A, I'm just really remembering it. Um, but two, I just think like maybe hopefully if anyone who's listening to this, you know, it's, it's important to ask these questions and to ask like even our elders to paint the, you know, these other pictures of time. Um, because even the stories, I think like me, him telling me that was far more significant than say me seeing a picture and someone telling me what yeah, was really going yeah. on, you know? Um, so that's the storytelling piece, mm-hmm. perhaps, that I'm getting at. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, go, you know, thinking about, um, like, the theme today f- for the podcast, which is time, as we are saying goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024, uh, tell me a little bit about this year and what you hope to make happen in 2024. Um. Okay. Well, I, I would say... I, I guess I should go back and talk about 2023, you know, all of the things that has happened and the changes that I've um, gone through. Earlier this this year, 2023, my father passed away in February. We had his, his funeral on Valentine's Day, actually. So from from then it's been quite a quite an adjustment i must say um just taking all that in right and as well as you know watching my mom go through her transition and having to adjust to this new way of life and then at the same time having a 6-year-old who's starting you know, first grade and still at the same time balancing my transition with jobs and everything. So right. with all that being said, um, it's been quite quite an adjustment. I I guess I used 2023 just to kind of cope with everything that, that's gone on. And coming into 2024, I am slowly, I would say, kind of... Um, getting back to things that I want to, I want to do and focus on looking at, uh, yeah, focus on and uh, adjusting to this new way of life and trying to figure out now because my mindset has totally changed. Just trying to figure out my purpose in 2024, I guess, and just using 2024 to focus on um, family and mm-hmm. passions and right. you know my, my mom right 
Um, so thank you for, um, I'm, I'm, again, I'm very sorry about your father. Um, that I know it's been a sad time for you. I've, uh, I lost my father many years ago. And so I understand uh, that sadness and that pain. And also, as you say, trying to kind of calibrate to life without uh, a parent who you've loved so much. And it, obviously it looks as though you're about as close to your dad as I was to mine. Um, with, with that being said, um, can you tell and open up a little bit about uh, the the disease that your mother is battling right now and and what that's meant for you as an adult child, especially given the the passing of your father this year? So my mom is currently going through um, the transition, I guess, I don't know if you call it a transition, but she is transitioning um, with dementia. Mm-hmm. So um, with that, it is hard, you know? It's, right. it's hard to... to watch because my mom is someone that in the, in the past that um, I was able to call her and my dad, but specifically her, we talked about, you know, everything. And now I can't necessarily do that. I'm right. thankful that she's still, of course, here with us and she still has that, that vibrant personality in there, but it's just not the mom that I was so used to, you know? Right. And, so, um, and can I ask oh, you this ahead. though, given, and given the fact that it's the, the holidays, um, how do you, and, and how do you think maybe other adult uh, children like yourself, how do you, how do you find joy during the holiday season? Um, you know, given the reality that, you know, you have a parent who, uh, you know, is probably, you know, sort of regressing, probably far more quickly than you would like. I mean, how do you, how do you find joy in these moments and during the holidays? Just, I'm grateful for the fact that she's still with us, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to enjoy this holiday season. I'm I'm just happy that I can, I still have her here. And that's more than a lot of people can say who's, whose loved one has passed away. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just finding that, that silver lining, I guess I would you can say in it, that I can still go see my mom and still talk to her. And even though um, sometimes I, she doesn't recognize me or is not displaying outwardly, outwardly that she know who I am. You know, but um, it's just... I'm just happy to have her here and I'm still a mom and mm-hmm. a wife. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I have my, my family um, here too. Right. And you have to maintain some sort of normalcy too for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So do you have like a, a favorite Christmas holiday memory um, of your parents that is sort of like your go-to in more difficult moments? A favorite? Like a family tradition mm-hmm. or a memory? Or maybe even like a funny incident that happened during the holidays. What I guess what I can remember is more so when I was younger, like before I moved away. Um, we've always it, it's always been laughter and and dancing. I mean that I could just that's one of uh, my my favorite memories. So when, my mom when, and dad love to dance, and I mean if you throw on some music, yeah. <laughs> And I, I mean, I, I've posted videos on social media um, before my mom dancing, 
But those, I mean, I, I when I think about just the favorite memories and the holidays and stuff like that, that's just um, always what, what pops into my, my mind. Every holiday, my mom, she, when she used to cook, she wasn't, uh, she didn't cook a lot. So the only time she really cooked <laughs> was Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, and we from the country. So she, chitlins. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the house always smelled like chitlins. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's You like, you like chitlins? You love chitlins? I yeah, I like her chitlins now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't eat anybody else's chitlins. I her chitlins was the only chitlins I ate. <laughs> so if you cook chitlins, Ashley, I probably won't eat them because you're not my mama. Well, can I? Well, can I <laughs> well don't worry. I will not be cooking chitlins. And it's not even that I'm anti-chitlin. But let me tell you this though: for some reason, like I don't feel like. I, I come from, even though our family's from the South and my mom's a wonderful cook mm -hmm. and we have, we're from the country too. I feel like we're, we're not a chitlin family. We don't like, <laughs> nobody makes chitlins. Nobody does. Like we never have chitlins. <laughs> my older sister, I remember one time her saying, cause of course we were not raised together. So she, so she was very much immersed in the South, grew up here. Yeah. Um, and I remember her saying one, she's like, oh, like, oh, I like chitlins. And she had some chitlins. And I was thinking, this is so funny. Like, this is the one thing, the one Southern <laughs> you know, cuisine that we just don't mess with as a family. And I don't know, I really don't know why. I think, honestly, I think the fact, the fact is that nobody really knows how to cook them because you really have to know oh. how, to, how to do it well, right? <laughs> so we are not a chilling yeah. family, but that, that, is, <laughs> that is very funny to know. So tell us a little bit about uh, growing up in Florence. This is, this is your hometown, correct? Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, well, I mean, it's a small town. Um, well, my mom growing up, she when I was young, um, she started she let me see, what is she doing here then? I think she might have started it when I was like really young. But my mom was a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. So she owned um two salons and a barbershop. So I grew up in in the salon with her mm -hmm. and my dad was a, a carpenter. Do you miss oh, do you miss the pace of of the kind of like country life? Do you miss it? Because it's definitely a slower pace. Things don't change as as quickly. Um, do you did you find maybe even growing up that there was a desire to move away from from that pace and and you know sort of live in the city where obviously there's a higher tempo of of living in life. Um, and then also, I guess a follow up to that would be. Um, yeah, well, I guess, do you miss it? Uh, no. You don't? You like <laughs> I, absolutely not. I, I don't know. I guess when I was young, I always knew that I was going to move away. Right. It was just one of those things where I'm like, eh, I, I, I knew. I knew it. So were you just like <laughs> sitting in Florida's board or what? Like what? So what, is it, what did it feel like growing up? Like, <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, well, when I was like growing up, like I already knew the industry, what I wanted to be, like the industry I wanted to be in okay. and what I wanted to be doing. So my, what I wanted to do, I thought I was going to move to California, to be honest. Whoa. That was, I've never even been in Cali California. I saw it on TV. <laughs> but 
what I wanted to do, my my goal was to move. But when I got to high school, I was thinking that I was going to, I was either going to be a news anchor or I was going to go to the Academy of Arts College and do like become a like cartoonist or something like that. Because I used to love to, to draw. Mm. So um, I didn't know that about you. Like, Yes, wow. I I was I used to love to draw, and so um, I remember telling my mom that you know I'm going to California, and <laughs> she was like, "No, you're not." Really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, she was like, "That is too far," and this and that. And I was like, "Uh." So I had my little Academy of Arts College like pamphlets and stuff like that. <laughs> oh no! But it was either, yeah, it was either that or be a news anchor. Mm. And, because I used to, I grew up like I watching um, the news anchors, and I that's something that I thought I I wanted to do, or like I knew I was going to be working in television. It was either that or making videos and documentaries. Nice, and that was yeah. Well, um, I am going to segue into a you know, this sort of fun game I would like to play with with all of um, my guests and you'll be the first. So we're going to test this out and see how it goes. This is what I call um, the pointless point game. So this is a segment in which uh, my guests uh, can earn brownie points as social currency and deposit it in in one of the many black banks that do not exist in Charleston. Um, And I will let you know if you answer the questions correctly and then proceed to calculate your brownie points in my head, which of course it'll be wrong. And then you'll have like a high-end virtual prize with no tangible delivery in the unforeseen future. How does this sound? Does this sound good? Does this sound like you could Sounds like a quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Is that good or bad? We'll see. (laughs) Wrong answers will be rare, but um, but they can happen just just so you know. Um, Okay. So this will be like sort of a lightning round, okay? So let's try to answer these as quickly. Wait, hold on. Let me drink my water first, Louise. I don't even have water within arm's reach. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So... Uh, yes or no, I am celebrating Kwanzaa this year. A, yes, B, no, C, maybe now that I've mentioned it. Maybe now that you mentioned it. I did uh, share something (laughs) on Facebook like two hours ago. Okay, all right, so so maybe now that I've mentioned it. Okay, so (laughs) two, consider the scenario. So Black Santa comes down your figurative chimney and he and you notice that he has no presence for you. Do you A, naively inquire why you are presentless, B, inquire about your presentlessness and proceed to plead your case, or C, turn quickly away before an awkward glance can occur, tiptoe upstairs knowing good and damn well why you have no presence this year? Okay, wait, say that one again. <laughs> One more time. Okay. All right. So consider the scenario. Black Santa comes down the figurative chimney and you notice he has no presence for you. Do you A, naively inquire as to why you're presentless, B, inquire about your presentlessness, but proceed to plead your case for a present, or C, turn away quickly before an awkward glance can occur, tiptoe upstairs knowing good and damn well why you have no presence this year? Uh, A. Because first of all, you just climbed down my chimney for who <laughs> and what? <laughs> figuratively, figuratively. Okay, so great, great answer. <laughs> Correct. So three, 
Uh, will the Beehive forgive Beyonce for being too blonde? Or is this the end of Beyonce, Beyonce's covert mission to be the first black woman of blonde and R&B and attempt to usurp the crown for Mary J. Blige once and for all? Oh, she's forgiven. Okay, correct answer. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think she's learned a lesson, though. Yeah. <laughs> There is such a thing as too blonde. So four, what is the best Christmas duet ever sung? Uh, yeah, ever. The best Christmas duet. Oh, best Christmas duet. Oh my goodness. Okay, that was a trick question um, because I can't even think of one. Uh, but so there we go. I don't think that, I actually don't think any exist. Uh, last question, name the greatest- Wait, 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 wait. Oh no, don't tell me you thought of one. <laughs> There are none. I, I bet you there's none. I don't think there is one. What's in my mind? <laughs> Temptation. Oh, there is one. The, the one that was banned. So let's not talk about it because it gets into this really weird space of like consent and yeah. It's, yeah. In uh, fact, okay, yeah, yeah, let's not go there. Go ahead. Yeah, it's cold outside. <laughs> And I need to go home, let me leave. Remember that song? Oh, that's a terrible song. Anyways, okay, so name your greatest- Oh yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean th this is this is what happens with time, right? We have to reevaluate some you of- You are so yeah, right. Yeah, that's what time did. It, it totally made that song unplayable. So uh, last question, just tell us your greatest holiday wish for this year. Um, less homelessness. Hmm. Yeah. If that's the first thing that popped in my mind just now. I never thought about that question. Well, I think that that is a wonderful answer. And you have won about 600 uh, brownie points. Again, you can expect a virtual gift that is uh, intangible <laughs> coming to you at any point in time, probably after Christmas. Uh, with, that being said, with that being said, <laughs> I think this was a wonderful conversation. And I thank you so much for having it with me, spending time with me. And I hope you will be a guest at an, another time, another day in time. And yeah, thank you so much. Any any last words? Um, I just want to say uh, congrats. Oh boy. <laughs> and thank you for <laughs> allowing me to be your first, second guest. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Did you proud? <laughs> You're so welcome. All right, Miss Talia Rivers. Appreciate you. Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye. Sonic Embassy.